I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Paula Gilbert with Connecting Africa, but she's actually interviewing me about my tour of the Boeing Satellite Facility in El Segundo, California. Hi, I'm Paula Gilbert, and welcome to What's the Story. We're switching things around this week, and I actually have Kelsey with me, but I'm going to be asking her the question. So hi, Kelsey. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. <laughs> hi, Paula. This is different. <laughs> I know. You're on the other side of the, the coin there, aren't you? <laughs> I feel like I'm in the hot seat. <laughs> you are, exactly. Now you have to answer all the questions rather than just, you know asking all of them which is always much more fun um yes. but we're talking about today about your the tour you recently went on of the boeing factory in california where they're making satellites for ses so maybe tell us a bit um about the tour and what you saw there yeah so uh last week went to the boeing satellite facility which is in el segundo california uh which is right by um the los angeles airport uh which makes sense that it would be located right there. Uh, and they're working with uh, SES satellites. So Boeing is the manufacturer and uh, SES will own and operate the satellites once they're launched. And they were talking about their uh, O3B Empower satellites. Um, so got to uh, see a tour of the facility, had to put on, you know, a hairnet and a smock and safety glasses and uh, felt very official. <laughs> so it was really cool to go around and see um, where they're building and testing the satellites. Sounds like a very stylish outfit, a smock, you know, it's always yes. what you want. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of what's different about these satellites and um, what makes them unique or, or, you know, like next gen? Yeah, so these are MEO satellites um, for the um, medium Earth orbit. Uh, one thing we've talked a lot about on light reading are the LEO, um, the lower Earth orbit satellites. Um, so it was interesting to hear uh, use cases for the MEO satellites. Um, there's generally fewer of them than the LEO ones. Um, and these satellites uh, send out 5,000 beams. So they cover a lot of surface area um, from one satellite. Um, and so they're launching uh, at least half a dozen in the plan is in December and January uh, to launch these satellites. And then it takes about six months from launch until they're operational for customers. And um, what's unique about these is that they seem to be you know, almost half the size of a traditional satellite that would have been sent up for um, these types of use cases. And that's in part because um, they have a lot more software defined capabilities. Uh, so I think just overall more, more efficient um, satellite that's also um, easier to control from the ground. That's interesting. And um, where are they kind of aiming to use these satellites for? I know there was like some sort of Africa um, part to it, um, or is it going to be kind of a global global thing? Have they got specific geographic locations? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, SES definitely does have um, – customers in Africa and they they are focused on um, helping some underserved areas. I know in the past they've helped with, um, you know, delivering um, 
giving the capability for, um, you know, watching videos and accessing broadband and, and things like that. Um, they also talked a lot about, um, the shipping, uh, use case. Um, so they described, um, you know, cruise ships as a small floating town. So you're kind of the difficulty of, you know, following this, this cruise ship and ensuring that they have, um, connectivity the whole time folks are on this cruise. So, so that's a challenge. And that's one thing that, um, they said being able to, um, deliver fiber like connectivity, um, and follow this small town, um, type cruise ship. So that, that was one thing that they focused on a lot. Okay. Interesting. And, um, you spoke to some of the execs, um, on the ground, did some interviews there. Was there anything interesting that they spoke about other use cases or more specific things, um, as to sort of like why they wanted journalists to come and see the, the factory and, and right. kind of see what was going on? Yeah. So we spoke with, um, Rui Pinto, the CTO of SES, and then, uh, Ryan Reed is the president of, uh, Boeing satellite. They, uh, were leading the tour and, and did some presentations for us as well. Um, you know, Ryan talked about how Boeing has worked with SES for over 30 years. Um, and they, he, he also talked a bit, we, we did some separate podcasts and, and Ryan talked a bit about applying, um, technology from terrestrial service providers to the satellites. So, um, being able to use some capabilities of, uh, the 5g core, um, and, you know, as I talked about the, the software defined nature of the satellites as well. Um, so that was kind of interesting, uh, that discussion about, um, applying what's been done in, in terrestrial networks to, uh, satellites. Um, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else that kind of stood out that you want to tell us about? Uh, they also talked a little bit about just, you know, how long the satellites will last. So the current generation lasts about um, 10 years. And uh, Ryan was saying that, you know, power can be a limiting factor to how long that they can last. Um, they also talked about uh, just having a multi-cloud strategy in which uh, clouds the satellites um, typically integrate with. Um, so the IBM cloud, um, Microsoft, Microsoft Azure, and uh, AWS as well. Um, and then, you know, a little bit more on the lifespan of the satellites. So um, solar panel degradation is um, a consideration as well and the radiation effect. And that was something kind of interesting that we saw on the tour was in the testing, how they um, test exposure from the sun and, you know, what the cooling systems are on the satellite because one side might be facing, you know, the cold vastness of space. And then the other side <laughs> is facing the sun. So they have to <laughs> account for, um, you know, really extreme hot and cold temperatures. So that was pretty interesting as well. And, you know, we got to see where they actually shake the satellite to make sure that it can withstand the trip into orbit. Um, so it, it was really cool to see behind the scenes. 
Okay, very interesting. Sounds like it was a fun tour. Um, well, I guess we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for letting me ask you all the questions today. Yeah, thanks, Paula. Thank you so much, Paula, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our amazing producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>